Welcome to Equiosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavadi. So in our last podcast, Dominique, we were talking about data collection, and you talked about the way that you use video. And I was really intrigued by that, and I thought I thought it needed, I thought we needed to expand on it, that there was a lot more to be said about the way that you use video, because however we do data collecting, and you know, when I said, no, I don't take notes, it's not entirely true that I don't keep track. However, we keep track of what we're doing with our animals and what do we do when we're apart from them that really makes a difference in the the sessions that come later. So I wanted to pursue this a little bit and to have you talk about what you do and maybe describe for us some, if not the whole training session, maybe a segment of a training session of behavior that you're working on with one of the horses. And then if you, when you videotape that segment, what is it that you look for? What is it that you look for in in the horse? What do you look for in yourself? And, and then what are some of the changes you thought about making as a result of that? And then when you went back to your horse, what transpired? So that's what I'd like us to talk about. So could you jump in and and where would you where what do you want to start with? Well, perhaps I can describe first of all um, what I typically do these days with my horses. Okay. Um, and why it's useful for me to videotape them. So typically, what I'll do is I'll come in, I'll put I, I I'll already know what I want to work on. And so I have all these props and maps and noodles and things that I will set in the arena. And um, then I'd say I would do about 15 minutes per horse. Okay. And so when we start, I'm sorry, I still have a bit of that bad cold. So I may cough from time to time. And my voice may be a little bit um, um, unusual. Okay. But we'll, anyway. we'll, we'll all forgive you. Thank you. Yes. Um, so what I'll do is I'll come in with the horse. I'll start my, my video. I'll do my session. I'll stop my video. I'll okay, so let me, let me and... stop you right there. So I have okay. a couple of questions. So because a lot of people, they struggle with the whole idea of video. So what are you videotaping with? Do you have a camera okay, so with your phone? What are you I using? I do, but I'm, I'm about to change phones because what... What happened with my phone, I have a, an old iPhone 6. Okay. And so I, I bought this little tripod, which I love, on Amazon. It, they call it like an um, octopus uh, tripod. Oh, I know it's the one. The, the, are those the ones with the flexible legs where you can wrap they, it around a yeah, fence post? Okay. anything. You can yep, wrap yep. them around anything. Okay. I, they're great if you want to tape in a box. You know, okay. you, yep. they, they go everywhere and they're really stable and sturdy. But so that, the tripod... that's actually good to hear. Sorry to interrupt because I use my cell phone for videotaping yeah. and I have a new cell phone as of last year. And I am just astounded by the quality of the video. And and I was happened to be at Best Buy last night and I was looking for a better tripod than I have for the phone. And, and I looked at those little tripods with their spidery legs and thought, no, that's not quite what I have in mind. But you're saying I should I should rethink that. They're, well, I like them. I mean, you know, th- as long as you have the tiniest little thing, you can put your phone there and you're good to go. Um, and I had a, they, I don't remember, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of time they come with like a remote uh, so that you can start your phone with the remote. Yes. But my phone, I'm, I'm about to change phone. I've already decided now. I think I'm going to buy an iPhone 11 uh, because of the cameras. M- mostly my choice has been for the training of the horse because right. there's this wide-angle camera 
And right now I cannot have the whole arena in my image. So I, I want to have the whole arena. Um, so right now I'm using my old web, uh, webcam. Okay. And so I have the, the tripod that takes forever to uh, unfold. Yeah, and you have to pull out all the legs. All and, the legs. And then you have to level them. it. And yeah, and yes. And because there's there's a part in the in the arena, we've put some railing, and on one side there's a little bit of hay and tractors and stuff. That's the side I put my camera on, but because I don't want the railing in my in my image, right? I I put my tripod on white buckets you know the feeding oh yes yes that i we can all picture have it. Yes. In, in the garbage yes so i have three of those i put the tripod on and then i put the webcam over it but that's pretty archaic if you ask me you know when i have my new phone i'll just use my little octopus tripod and i'll be good to go with the wide angle so for now it takes me an extra five minutes to set up the camera and i do close it in between. I could, with that camera, I could just leave it, but I don't know, I just prefer to. And the, the horses are used to it. They know when I come in, I'm gonna go and start it, and when we're done, I'm gonna go and turn it off. So okay. it's, it's kind of part of the routine. Yes. And I do check in the camera that all my stations, because as you know, I do a lot of liberty. So I have all these little stations and mats. And so I, I go before I, I bring the horses in, I go and check that all my stations are within uh, the angle of the camera. <coughs> so we're both coughing. It's just, oh, my gosh. It's quite a poor, poor listeners. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or, or you when you do the editing. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I just have a tickle in my throat. I don't have a but for some reason right now I have a tickle that's making me cough. So they'll just have to have to listen to coughing on mm, this edit. It's this season yes. for that. So, I mean, as, as you can imagine, doing 15 minutes per horse and I just do them back to back. I mean, already just for memory. You know, there's no way I'm going to remember everything that happened during those 15 minutes for all my three horses. So it helps me to have the camera just to remember what happened, what we did, how the different horses behaved at each station. Uh, so f already it's for me, it's a memory help. Yes. Um, sometimes also I need to remember things about myself, me, like, let's say, you know, I remember once I, I was looking at something, um, we were doing some targeting and Woody was, I had like a, a stationary target somewhere and I was very close and Woody was targeting, but then he was coming to my pouch. And normally I would have just turned my pouch on the other side of myself, but I had tied my, uh, my uh, coat around my hips. Oh. So I couldn't. And, and it was a time of the year where I did that a lot. And so I had to write it down because it happened the second time where I, again, couldn't turn my pouch around because my, my coat was in the way. So, or, you know, I have my, my skin on my hand is very sensitive. When we come in very often, the horses will roll. And so, you know, there's a bit of sand on them. And one of the exercise that I do on one of the mats is touching them all over you know, to make sure right, that they right. tolerate or not tolerate, but they like to be touched on their legs and everywhere and they can stay there. And But if they're full of sand, I have some eczema on my hands afterwards. So I have to remember to keep my little gloves on. But I uh -huh. forget, those. that's the kind of thing. I've, and I, I'll think, oh, I left my gloves in the barn. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's even for myself, you know. The, those little preparation things of do yeah, you have... Yeah, so I'll write... Keep my gloves on because once it starts, you know, it's 15 minutes, but it's pretty intense. You know, we have all these things, these exercises, and there's, I don't, there's no stop really. You know, at this point, I know when we start, we say do short sessions, but at this point, I do 15 minutes with my horses and I don't stop. So, so I have to be very concentrated. As a matter of fact, the stations are helping me too because they're a cue for me too 
yes. of what we're going to do. Yes. And what, what happens is that it's interesting because I have all these stations and we do the same things at the stations. And so it becomes like a pattern. And the horses really like that because they know what they have to do. Yes. And, and you can see that, you know, once they get the pattern, they'll, they'll trot to the next station because it's like, ooh, I know what we're going to do and I know where we're going to, to go. So, yeah, so for memory, you know, things like, let's say I'm working on Spanish walk and Bonanza will not, or any of them actually, but I remember once writing this, Bonanza will not lift the leg, the right leg at the same height. He will lift the left leg. He will lift the right higher. Okay. I won't, I won't remember that. You know, after three horses doing all that. So right. <coughs> or or you, write, you, you remember that one of, he lifted one leg higher than the other, but was it his right? Was it his left? Which one? Yeah. Right. Was, was Pico the one who lifted his right leg higher or was it Bonanza? Exactly. Yes. So it, it's, it's, it's memory. It helps me with the memory. And I can go back because sometimes I may not do Spanish walk for a month or two. And yes. then I'll come back to it. And no way I would remember a detail like that. You know, that this leg goes higher than that leg. I won't remember. Now, the other thing, too, is when you watch... You have so more, much more time to notice things that you wouldn't notice normally because there's just too much going on all the time. And you see it from a different perspective because if you're in doing something where you're in close to your horse, you're not necessarily, you can't see your whole horse. You can see parts of him. If you're standing yeah, next to... True next to, say, Bonanza's shoulder, and he's doing his lovely lateral work with you, or you're, you know, some, it doesn't matter what he's doing, but you're in close. You're not going to see all of him. But That's the right. camera sees a completely different view of what went on. It, it, yep. It's in a different place. So what you see from the camera can be very different from what you experienced and what you saw when you were working the horse. And that's very instructive. Well, as a matter of fact, also sometimes there are things that you don't see at all because it's going on between your back. Yes. Like I, once I remember I have, so I have this, um, this bucket where I put treats and I want the bucket to be like a magnet for the horses. I want the horses to go independently to this bucket so I've made this bucket like really hot okay and once I was with uh, Woody and I put the the treats in the bucket so he went he dived into the buckets but I noticed I hadn't closed the doors very well so I left him and I know and he he I noticed some frustration because he didn't know whether he was going to eat the treats or follow because he follows me everywhere right and so he was, he was conflicted between the two, something I would never have seen uh, because it was going uh -huh. on behind my back. Right. Another right. time, I, and sometimes you see these pearls. I mean, would he, he, he's really good at backing. Like, I'm, let's say I'm parallel with him, and I, I do this little cue where I, I take my finger along his back, and then I start to back up, and he'll back up like that with me, you know, a lot. He likes doing that. But he does it sometimes, too, when this is how I taught him, with the, the, the finger going along his back, and then we continue like this. But sometimes he does it, let's say I'm in front of him, and I go walk like um, towards his, his hind end. If I continue, he will start to back up parallel with me. You uh -huh. see what I mean? Yes. So once, I don't know why I needed to go that way uh, so I went that way and I kind of forgot you know and he backed up half the arena <laughs> and I didn't even see him then I bent down for something he waited because it was like she's gonna click me I mean I backed up the half the arena yes yes and then finally he turned and came to me and I I saw none of that Afterwards, I saw it on the video, video, and I thought, wow, that was good. And so <clears throat> there are things you don't notice sometimes for all kinds of reasons, but once you have it on tape, 
I mean, you see all these other things. One of the main, I think, thing too is clarifying cues and criteria. The, the, the camera for me will really emphasize, <coughs> sorry, if a cue is confusing or not logical, that's when I'm going to see it. Can you give an example of some well, of... You know, I, I, I think I mentioned to you once, I've used the pool noodles a lot from Spanish Wa. Yes. And once I, I wanted to use it as a stationary target, so I put it uh, vertically on, on something, and the horses was, were nose targeting, but they kept uh, wanting to touch it with their paws too. And, and that's when I decided, okay, it's not clear for them. You know, the pool noodle, is it a paw target or is it a nose target? So I decided I was, for now, I was going to use the pool noodles only as paw target, and I'm using other things for nose target. Eventually, I may decide, you know, to, to generalize both, you know, with just a verbal cue. But for now, I, these, this was very, and all three of them did it in that session. So that's really clear. Yes. Yeah. Now, the other thing, too, that I saw was that they really like the noodle. Because that's something also that you, when you're doing a session, you may not... Sometimes you'll notice it, you know, it'll be, but other times you'll just look at it and say, oh my God, they really like that station. You know, they, they, they want to go back to it and you can see how much they like it. What does they really like it look like? Well, they, they always want to go there. Ah, okay. You know, they, they want to go there. Now, that's, that's another thing for me is that sometimes when I look at all that, as I want to... Uh, well, let me just finish the, maybe the cues and the criteria. There's something else, too, in terms of details. You know, in, in a cycle, you can decide that you're going to click, let's say, let me try to find just a simple example. You're on a stay, okay? You're on a stay on a mat. You're trying to add distance. Okay. okay? You're trying to add a few steps. So you can decide to click and treat at different times in that cycle. You could decide to click and treat as you are doing a step. Yes. Or you could do a step and click and treat, which is harder. You know, if you're moving as you're clicking and treating, you're, I mean, the chances are the horse won't move because you just clicked him. So you were moving while you were clicking and treating, but eventually you're going to start to delay your click to before you, you're going to make a step or, you know, so that, that's, that's um, very precise. And I find that if you have it on video, it helps you to decide, well, this horse is ready for me to click a little bit earlier. I can ask for a little bit more. Do you see what I mean? I think so. I think I, I know what you're saying. Let me just, um, here, I'll, I'll see if I can find, just to make that one clear, what I wrote down. Okay. When I actually did this, because I feel that I'm not being clear. I have a lot of sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find it quickly. Forget it. But um, okay, so I wrote. So this is before, as I'm preparing my session. Okay. So here I wrote. I started with. I will. It's in French, so I have to translate. I will make a step while he's actually eating. Meaning I clicked him, okay. I fed him, and I'm now moving while he's eating. Okay. Chances that he will break the stay is nul. There's no chance. Okay. He's, eat, he's eating while I'm, I'm making that step. Then I wrote the next uh, round. 
or when he's successful with the previous one, I make a step while I click. Then I make a step a second before the click. I make a step two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, etc. before the click. So that's pretty precise. Yes. And, you know, how can I remember? Things like that, after three horses, two weeks later, no way. Whereas here, I, I can write down where each horse was in terms of that cycle and which, how much progress they made. Yes, and what your plan is for the For future. the next time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's also what I call the big questions, like the philosophical questions, where I see something, I will write down a question, and sometimes it will take me four days before I get the answer. Can you so, give an example? Yeah. So there was a time earlier where we had all these stations, and like, like I said, they have their preferences. Of course, that, that orange bucket that I, you know, that I made really hot. Right, because it's a treat bucket. It's a treat bucket, and all they have to do is go to the bucket, and very often the treats are already in the bucket. Ah, okay. Okay, because I, I want them to independently go to this bucket so, you know, whether I'm there or not, they're reinforced. Sometimes I haven't put the treats and I hurry up to put the... I, I'll click them the minute they put their nose in and I'll hurry up to go put the treats. I'm going to use that in all kinds of ways in the future, but that's another conversation. So, of course, this bucket, I mean, it's an easy behavior, right? You go to the bucket and you eat. So they, they kind of like it. And <coughs> there's an order to my, to my stations. So, you know, we normally don't go to three if we haven't done two. Okay. Because <coughs> sometimes he would decide to go, let's say, to the bucket. And the question for me was, okay, what do I do when this happens? Do I follow him and go put the treats do I wait for him to come back and then we go to the bucket? So my philosophical question was... So he's, you've, you've gone into the arena. We've done work. We've you've done work, gone, okay. We've probably already done a round or two. Okay. So he knows, he knows the pattern, Okay. but he breaks the pattern. He goes to a station that's not supposed to be the next station. Got okay? it, okay. So now my question to myself is, can I allow the horses once in a while to decide what the game is going to be? And now I go into all this, you know, thing in my head like, well, you know, when I play with someone, if they're the one always deciding what we're going to play with, at some point, you know, it's kind of like, well, can I have a say in the matter? And you know how you let a kid win sometimes? Yes. Just to keep yes. them engaged? Yes. And so I go in these big questions. So what do I do? How do I? And, and what happens? That's, and, and I'll write this. I'll say, okay, I'm going to test it. I'm going to test it and see, will I create a bad chain where he'll always go to the other station? And, not, and yet... Within that same session, so I followed him. I just, this, that time I followed him, but w when I wrote it down, it was like, was that a good decision? Should I have done yeah, that? Yeah, and yeah. So, and so I go, and then what I noticed was in the session, the other rounds he just kept with me. You know, he didn't break to the other stations. And after that, I decided that I would wait him out. You know, and maybe once in a while, I would allow him to tell me what his preference is at the moment. And you know what? Right? This was probably, I don't know, in November. It hasn't happened. That's fascinating. You know, I, I let him decide a few times, and it hasn't been an issue. He's, he's following me every station. Even if we do stuff like, I'm going to touch you all over, and the bucket is like 10 feet away from him. He's staying there and waiting for me to finish up on all his legs and all that. And then we go to the bucket. So, you know, because I kept thinking about Ken's 
webinar, you know, the Dr. No? Yes, yes. And, and so sometimes, and of course, you cannot have this philosophical conversation in your head while you're training. No way. This is the kind of thing you're going to have outside of your training sessions. And the video will, will prompt you in a way because, again, that's the kind of thing you may, it may just go out of your mind, you know. We're, we're going to be at the Art and Science of Animal Training Conference. You're, you're, you're going to be there, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, because that's Can't the wait. sort of question that would be really fun to pose to Jesus and say, all right, from your perspective as a behavioral analyst, how would you describe that? What was going on? That's right. Yeah, it would be really interesting. That would be really fascinating. And then to, perhaps to to play it out in Portal to see if we if we could set that up with humans, what would the outcome be? What would happen? Because yeah. that, of course, my worry was that I was going to create a chain. Well, yeah, but and that's, that's a universal... I think that's that's a really common question because you've got a plan, you've got a pattern. I love working with patterns. You're working at liberty, so there's nothing that is going to, I don't want to quite use the word compel, but there's, you know, the horse really can wander off. They're not on yeah. a lead. They really can, right. they really can say in any moment, I'm making the, the choice to go here rather than there. And it's going to happen. So that question then comes up of, well, what do you do? So here, not only, of course, I wasn't punishing it. Right. Okay? Although someone could say, if you don't go with him, in a way, it's punishing it. But you know what I mean. You know, I wasn't right. saying, no, no, Pico. Or I, and more than that, so for those few times, I followed him and reinforced him. Yeah. Like saying... Okay, you decided to do another game, and I'm going to play with you. Yeah. For me, that's how I interpreted it in my head, you know. For me, it was like, I'm going to be a good sport. And someone could hear me and say, oh, my God, I mean, this is chaos. But, you know, that's the beauty of it. There was no chaos. The, the, the next round, he was fine. This happened again maybe a session or two later. And those time, and I didn't go with him every time, but you could say, well, you know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. That's, you know, that's a perfect recipe for him to always test it. But no, that's not what happened. You know, again, it's Dr. No, I don't know. He, he's it's just like, now he's super engaged. And, and I remember when I first got Pico in the beginning, he was the one that was least interested. Yes, he you was. Know, he would be the one who was. I would say he was the least locked on. That and that he would periodically. There would be times where he could make you look like an absolute, like you knew what you were doing. He would be right yeah. there with you, and yeah, then you worked with him. And then all of a sudden, he just would be. Uh, I'm gone. Oh, uh, where Where are you going now? Whereas yeah. Bonanza was just Mr. Super, I am with you every step of the way. And so is Woody. Yes, I mean, Woody is yes, just, absolutely. You know, Woody, for me, like I have this exercise that I did again with this with this orange bucket. So I, I put treats in the bucket. They're on a lead now, okay? Okay. And we, we go about, we turn around the bucket, we'll go around... Well, maybe five feet, 10 feet, 12 feet. It depends on the horses and the angle. And I'll take the, I'll unclip the lead. And that means go right away to the bucket. Ah, okay. Okay. Yep. And it's very, very elegant. Okay. When I put the treats in the bucket, they don't try to get to the treat. Because every time I put, in the beginning of this exercise, every time I put the treats in, I would treat them for not plunging in. Yes. Because now we're on a lead. It's, it's different. And, and to politely come with me, turn around, orient towards the bucket, unclip, go. Woody okay. wouldn't go. <laughs> he would just stay. So I had to be really close. For him, I couldn't be far because if I was too far... He would not go independently to the bucket. 
Yeah, I, I believe that, given what it I've seen of his... And yes. it's like, and, and I don't <clears> want to <throat> prompt, because I want my cue to be, if I unclip you, you go to this bucket. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, but anyway, so back to those big philosophical questions. I find that the, when you look at the video, they bring the questions back. No, yes. you, it's like I have to solve it and I write them down. And so I have all these little question marks on my sheets and I have to go through all the questions and I cannot do the next exercise if I haven't answered, clarify criteria, clarify a cue, answer a big question like that. So it forces me to answer all these little or bigger questions uh, so that the next session, there may be other, you know, issues coming up, but not the same ones. We're, so we're making progress every time because of that. Yeah. And not only are you making progress with the horses, but I'm thinking, I mean, this is how people transform themselves from just somebody who happens to have a horse into somebody who is a real trainer. Because that yeah. kind of thoughtful analysis, and it's not just, uh, well, my horse went to the bucket, didn't go to the bucket, but the, the thing that really moves this into a whole other realm is what you refer to as those big philosophical questions. And I think that's a huge aha for people to, to say, oh, oh, I could, I could look for that. You know, that's part of it. This yeah. is, yeah, this is this is in part why I wanted to have this conversation. Because there, you know, I knew when you, the way you, when you talked about it last time, I knew there was so much more in there that we needed to explore. This mm. was a rabbit hole that we really needed to go down. Well, you know, too, when you say ask people for opinion and uh, horses for answers. Yes. That's something else too, because sometimes you have those questions and you'll say, okay, I'm going to test something and see what they say. Yes. Over time, you know, and so you'll see, um, you'll see how things evolve and it's black and white in front of your face. Now there's something else. And then, you know, and so, then that's so, when and I'll just interrupt for a second. Yeah. And, but, but, Tie a string around your finger so we don't lose the other. And that's yeah. when when we see what we see what is going on, we see that it is working, it's producing a result that we like. That's when I love to be able to say to Jesus, this is what we're observing. Now explain mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when we that's when the science really gets pushed. And he forward. likes that. He I know loves he likes that, that. Because yeah. that's that's it's what we as animal trainers when we start to report to him what it is that we're observing, that's how the the science gets pushed forward. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, what was, what were you about to say? Well, what I was going to say was when, of course, when you video yourself, some you'll see all your bad clicks. Yeah. But you will also see a lot of the good decisions that you take in a session. Ah, yes. And I like that, you know, because sometimes in a session, I'll make one bad click or something will not be good. And so I'll write down a comment, you know, this was a bad click, blah, 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 blah. And then it, it corrects itself in the next few rounds. And I erase because it's not necessary anymore for the planning of the next time. I made the right decisions on the spot. Yes. And it worked. Yes. So you can also see that you're not just making the bad clicks. You're also making a lot of very good decisions. I'm glad you put it that way because when I'm working with somebody in a session, this is one of the major things that I'm looking for is what are the decisions that they're making? And mm. particularly you know, at the when I'm working with somebody who's who's not familiar with the work, and particularly if they're not familiar, if they don't have a big background with the clicker training at all, there's a lot of instruction during a session because we're working at the level of handling skills. 
you know, remember to slide up the lead rope if we're working so on a lead. Detail. So much detail. You know, it's yeah. uh, feed with your other hand, even, you know, the sort of the big gross paint, uh, painting with a broad brushstroke, some of those details. And then as people progress, the they really gain uh, a real mastery of the basic handling skills. Mm-hmm. That's that's well in hand. They They have real ownership of the handling skills. And this is somebody that I've worked with for a while. They're familiar with my work. I'm familiar with uh, the way that they train. And what I'm looking for at that point when we do a session together are what are the choices that they're making. And now Mm -hmm. we go from a lot of verbal instruction, oh, you know, uh, the reminders of sliding up a lead rope or whatever it is, we go from that to sessions which are very quiet. I'm not really mm-hmm. saying anything. And when people are watching that that kind of session for the first time, it can be very, it's like, well, you know, does she, is she, does she like what I'm doing? Am I doing something wrong? Is you know that she's not saying anything? Uh, does she mm-hmm. not care about my horse? Is she even watching um, kind of thing? Of, and, and it's really the greatest compliment is when, I'm watching and saying very little because it means that that person is making good choices with mm. their horse. They're right. they're making choices that it's clear that I might have made a slightly different choice. It doesn't matter. Often there are times where you could you know you could go the left, you could go the right, but both choices were good, and that's a, an important place to get to is when you can look at your work and say, yes, I made good choices. And the yeah. horses show that. That's reinforcing for the person. Yes. When you know when you see that, that you're not, you can you can make good decisions. I think it's reinforcing. I like seeing yeah. that. I mean, yes. Yeah. All right. I made a mistake. I clicked. I thought, I thought the horse was going to uh, stand still at the mount at the on the mat, but just as my tongue was was starting to click, the they shifted their balance, and so it was a bad click. You know, but it was one click out of all the many clicks that I gave, and I covered well from that, and I made good choices before, and I made good choices after. And you see that, and you you don't have to beat yourself up over the one little blip that you see That's on right. the video. Yeah, it's really important. And sometimes what you what you can see is just your horse's progress. It's not that you made a bad click, but in the beginning. Of the session, it wasn't too clear, and because of your training, it clarified what yes. was to be done, and that's reinforcing too. You know, you see the horse after the third, fourth time, and you say, "Wow, we really got it." Yes. So that's it. That's also fun to see. Yes. So tell me about you. How you use it? Oh, I'm not. Done, use... I'm not done asking you about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you've you've now you videotaped the session. Yeah, and you now have uh, watched the session, so you've and you're making notes. Is that so you make yeah. notes. Yeah, so I come back here, and often I want to see it quickly, because I have an impression, and so I will watch the whole thing. And as I'm watching, I'm taking notes. Okay, and, and you've downloaded it to your computer to watch it. I did. Okay. Well, sometimes if I'm in a hurry to watch. Afterwards, when I come home, I will look at it on the camera. But, and this is why also I, I don't like the webcam anymore because you have to download it manually, whereas your phone, it does it automatically. Uh, yeah, usually I watch it. And one of the reasons why I like to watch it on my uh, computer is because I, I like to have the possibility of um, watching things slow motion. Yes. Part of it's slow motion. Yes. There, there's some parts that I will watch two, three, four, five times. Okay. And so I'm making notes, and then I will make, I will use those notes. Like I'll have all these question marks that I need. And as I'm cleaning up the questions, well, this is going to be now my preparation for the next session. So if I have, uh, let's say, a behavior that I have split. Well, first of all, as I am noting the progress of each horse, well, this will dictate what's the next step, where we're at, you know, so we're, 
we've done, let's say, five seconds of duration. So next step might be, you know, seven seconds or we did six steps and etc. And then all the answers all the answers from the questions. So I will clarify cues. I will clarify criteria and this. And when I go in my next session, I bring my paper with me. Oh, okay. I, I bring my paper with me. I put it next to the, well, sometimes I put it next to the camera. Sometimes I put it in the arena. So in between horse, before I go in, I'll go through my paper it's like my, 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 my session plan. I will go through my session plan and I will go through it before each horse. I will read it again before each horse. So I'm staying on my plan. Okay. So that's, my, that's what I do. And then I, I, I use Evernote to do this. I really like it. And very often I will copy my plan from this session for the next session and just rearrange, you know, what's going to be. There's always something new. There we will never do exactly the same thing one session after the other. There we, are, we will always progress in the exercise or do a new exercise, but it would just not be, we'll do the same today as we okay. did yesterday. Okay. We, we, we may have the same exercises, but the prog we're now a step further. So there'll be some way in which you nudge things along. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Because of, you know, what you said to me so many times, your mantra, that you should keep moving on. Yep. If you don't want to hit a glass, a glass ceiling, that you should keep moving on. So I, I always try to keep moving things on. What kinds of things then, because you, you've done this analysis, you'll know what you want to set up in the arena. You'll know what little nudges that you're going to be making in that session. Yeah, I'll be I'll be clearer on my cues. Okay. And you'll you'll know in terms of what it is that you're building, whether it's duration or distractions yeah. of some sort, you'll have all of that in your mind and you set up. And you know, like questions like let's say we're doing targeting. Okay. So if, if I do targeting and we're, stay, we're, we're in one place. I want your nose to touch the target. If we're doing targeting and we're walking, I don't want your nose on the target. I want it maybe three inches away from and just keep that three inches distance. Yes. Well, so in a way, it's a discrepancy. You have to think about it. Is that, so is this clear? Is, is this, so the, the, I'm, the horse can understand the difference between when you're standing still and when you're walking. But there's a point where you have to ask yourself the question, what is it going to be? And then I'm going to be consistent because otherwise you'll have a horse who wants to eat the target yes. when you're moving. Yes. Because he's learned that he has to touch it and now this thing keeps moving away. He's frustrated, and he's going to want to eat it. Yeah, you'll you'll see some sometimes some really unattractive behavior when they think that they have to catch up to the target. That's right. So, see that would if I saw a teeth during a targeting moving targeting exercise, I would write down a question because for me that would mean something's not clear for the horse. Yes. He's, he's frustrated, he's confused, it's not elegant, I don't like how it looks. So there's a question to be answered here. Yeah. Oh, it's great, it's great. And we were talking just before we started the video, you were saying, you know, I'm not really sure that, you know, how useful this is going to be because I'm, I'm just looking at little things. That's right. Well, there are little things. Yeah, they're, they're little details. Yeah, that's why I was worried that it's like, well, I don't know if it's a big deal. It's just all these little things that I'm looking at. But I suppose in the end, it really adds up. It does. And it is the little things that make a difference. It's, it's true. If, if you're working on big things, big things can be overwhelming. But mm -hmm. where you really make changes is in working on small, attainable tiny little details and after a while 
you know, it's the big things, the really, you know, big things. You've tidied those things up. When you click, you're feeding with the appropriate hand, depending upon the exercise that you're working on. You know, things of that sort, those are those are already done. So it's going to be the tiny little details that you notice, but it's the tiny little details that can make a huge difference to the horses. Absolutely. So, and you know, there are times where you may have developed a certain mechanical skill, but for whatever reason, in a particular exercise, you may need to do things differently. Yes. And it's really hard for you. Yep. Because you're so used to doing it this way. And you can see that it's clumsy in the video and that you need to change something in your own mechanics. Because we've been talking a lot about the horses, but I change my mechanics where I put things all the time because of the videos that I look at. Yes. And you know, last, uh, the previous podcast, you were talking about uh, Michelle's uh, presentation on on where oh the food yes is coming on the, from. yes yes we were talking about loopy training and the the re- the right. placement of the reinforcers so yeah. I watched her presentation on that it's great presentation I'm going to include this now you know I think for instance when I'm trying to get duration on a station I'm gonna put the the food instead of on me, like right on top of that station and see what it does. Ah. I want to see if I get more duration if the food is right there, like on top of the station instead of on me. I mean, I was very inspired by this presentation. And I can't wait to look at this slow-mo after the training on, on video. Yes, yes. And it's part of the fun of looking at what other people are doing is it does give you new ideas to play with. It can be really mm. inspiring. We, yeah. we are going to be talking with Michelle later in the spring, which is going to be really fun. We were, that, oh, uh, yeah. Yes. So that's something to look forward that's to. Big, big treats. Yes. Yes. We yes. have lots of treats coming up, but should, well, we, we, should we tease people with some of the treats or, or shall we, uh, maybe we'll just... We'll just say that we're Michelle's going to be one of our guests this spring, and we have other wonderful treats. But you'll have to listen to future well, our podcasts. Our anniversary is coming soon. Yes. So we like to celebrate our yes. anniversary. Last year I sang. This year we'll do something else. Yes, we have something really fun and special that is coming up for that. But we won't tell people yet what it is. We could right. every week we could give them a a, a clue, a hint. If we're very clever, we could do do that. that. Yes, we'll have to think about that. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do with the video yourself? (coughs) Well, mainly I'm... How you use it? When I'm I'm videotaping, I usually have in mind that I need something, I need to be able to illustrate something for a project, a book, uh, a lecture, a course, you know, that, that I'm after a particular... Demonstration. demonstration yes that was the word right, I was right. searching for mm-hmm. that so okay. when I'm videotaping I'm usually setting up uh, something for that particular intent and sometimes I'm I'm videotaping periodically to track the progress of a lesson especially now with the young goats where the behaviors are in their infancy I'll do mm-hmm. more of that sort of videotaping because the, the, the behaviors are changing quite dramatically. I had a cute one today with, with Elian. So I told you the last time that what popped out for Elian was the Spanish Standing walk. That. Right, that he would, we would stop and he would lift his foot up and rest it on the uh, upright of the uh, PVC pipe that I was holding. And we've been doing a lot of that and he's very good at it. And he really does seem to like to understand and like putting his foot up on anything that looks like it's stable enough for a foot to be rested on. So that's clearly, clearly in repertoire. And I've been adding a verbal cue to the process so that with the idea that I would like eventually to fade out the pole, but 
for right now, the pole is very much part of the cue system because it's what, still. What verbal cue did you pick? I picked up. It's not very creative, okay. but it's it's no. there. It's, well, it's, it, it, it I can remember it. It works. Yeah. And this, this. So if you don't have the pole, what would you want him to do it on yourself? No, I would just like him to lift his foot up in the air, oh, like Spanish walk. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah, so yeah. it's basically a transferred cue process. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And it's still in the infancy. But today I wanted to test it a little bit to see where we were. So we mm. did a, a nice long stretch where I, we were walking along and I would say up and then I would present the pole and he would put his foot up on it and it was very consistent. So then we came back closer to the, the main part of the barnyard and we did a little bit of practice on a platform and that was very... That was very consistent. I would uh, give the verbal cue, and then I uh, offered my hand as a place for him to orient to, and his leg came up, and that was really consistent, and I thought, this is making good progress. So let me just test it and see where we are. So we went out uh, away from the platform, and, and I said up, and he was you know, clearly a little bit wait, this, this doesn't make sense. And then he looked mm. around and he walked about five steps away from me and put his foot very deliberately up on top of a jump that was that was available. It's like, there's nothing near you that I can do this with, but I will go find something. And, oh. and what it told me is very much what he thinks at the moment, what he thinks yeah. this is about, which is fine. You know, I'm I'm delighted to see it. It's great progress. Uh, I thought well, it was very cute. Thinking, I mean, the oh. wheels are turning. Oh, the wheels were definitely turning. I thought it was very cute the way he saw. Mm. I thought it was it was very fun to see the way he solved that puzzle, yeah. and then it shows me what the what he it it shows me what he thinks the he's being asked for, and it couldn't be clearer. Could not be clearer. So I got a, a real chuckle out of that. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, that would have been fun to have on video. Yeah. So when I start to think, oh, that would have been fun to have that on video, then I make the a little bit more of the effort in the next session or two to have the video camera set up if that's at all possible. I mean, sometimes it's not because the weather is against me or, you know, for whatever reason, I don't well, to. that's the other thing with the phones is that I don't know the new ones, but the old ones, when it was cold in the arena, it just shut down. Yeah. So what would happen, I always have the same order. It's Woody first, Bonanza second, and Pico third. And sure enough, by the time it was Pico, the, the battery was, oh, everything, the phone I'd, I'd was off. Run down. I hope the new phones are better for that. Does your phone do that when it's cold? No, it just shuts no. off. My, oh, no. my new phone is a phenomenal battery and a, and a phenomenal like it, huh? ca It's a camera. Samsung, your new phone. Yeah. So I'm, I've been really pleased with it. So, and I, I'm just, as I say, I'm just, we've sort of come full circle in this conversation. I'm just astounded at the quality of the optics compared with yeah. the video cameras. And, you know, I, uh, the, the, and you always have it with you. You base, yeah. So, you, and and the that little tripod I was telling, it's so small. I mean, you you, you could almost carry it with you all the time, yeah. you know, because it's not a big thing like the old tripod. I think I will invest in it because right now my tripod is very clumsy, and mm -hmm. and I bought a a I bought a, a a mount to go up on top of it for the phone, and. It was not well engineered. So when you put the phone, this expensive phone, one should add, yeah, up yeah. in the mount, it would turn. Or no, twist. it would pop out and Ooh. drop on the ground, which not good. is not good. So we uh, used a hair clip to hold it in place. And I'm oh. thinking, this is ridiculous that in this, this, uh, piece of equipment that somebody should have tested with an actual phone before they sold it as a mount for no, phones. No, the one I bought when I went on Amazon, I really looked at the reviews. Yeah. And it had like thousands and thousands of good reviews. So 
Um, and I have to say, I'm really pleased with it because it's very secure with the phone. You can have different angles and it just, I mean, it's amazing where, you know, you can put it everywhere. I've seen them used, so I know that I know that they're... They have still three legs, I think, but they're super, super yep. flexible. Yep. You can use just one leg if you want. Yes, yes. And so in, in the arena, one of the places where I used it was, you know where they have the, in, in standard arenas, they have all these, uh, like a place where they put all the... How do you see the sticks and the 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 lunging whips and oh, all these yes. things? Yep. You know, so there's little holes there, right? Mm -hmm. To put the lunge the the whips in. Oh, how And the perfect. legs will. You can just yeah, put the it legs, right through the hole. One leg will fit perfectly inside one of those things. Neat, neat. Well, I would say we've come full circle in this conversation. We've teased yes. people with uh, what is coming up. And it's probably time to wind down and to give your throat a rest. So That's we'll be idea. we'll be talking again very soon. Right. All right. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. You know, we always have a few announcements to make at the end of these podcasts. There's always something new coming up that I want to tell you about. The first thing is something you may already know. I just published the new edition of my book, The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step -step guide in pictures. That's a completely revised and updated book. It came out in December, so it still feels very brand new to me. I had things that I wanted to say about every lesson. So the original was published over 15 years ago, so there was a lot that I wanted to say that I've now packed into the pages. So the book is new. You can look for it at theclickercenter.com. But that was not my only major undertaking. It wasn't my only massive project. Thanks to Michaela Hempen, I also have a new home for my online course. I've moved it from the original hosting platform to one that is more purpose-made for online courses. I think people are going to really enjoy the new platform. It's very easy to navigate through. The text and the video are embedded together. And once you're in, there are no internal passwords. So it's very easy to navigate through the course. Michaela was incredibly patient with me. She's been wanting me to get this project done for a very long time. But getting the course switched over had to sit on the back burner for quite a while last year while I worked on the book. But it is finally done. It's ready for people to use. So that's an exciting new piece for 2020. You can learn more about the course through my website, theclickercenter.com. And you probably also know that I have a second podcast, Horses for Future. Equosity focuses primarily on training. Horses for Future looks at what horse people can do to help mitigate the climate change crisis. I'm currently in the middle of a three-part series on the work of the cognitive linguist George Lakoff. I wrote a very long article on his work, which is published in my blog, theclickercenterblog.com. I did that in January of 2017. And I also did several conference presentations and webinars on his work. So clearly, I think it's important. Lakoff, in his books, was talking about American politics, not horses. But I found his work really resonated with me. It helped me to understand the resistance many people encounter when they first start to clicker train. I hear from people all the time that when they're, especially when they're in boarding barn situations, that they really have to hide what they're doing with their horses. They have to wait until no one is around to avoid being criticized. And that can be really puzzling. Why should it matter to other people that someone is feeding their horse treats during training? But clearly it does. So Lakoff's work not only helps us to understand what can seem like a huge rift between these training choices. He also gives us some really clear clues and guidelines that can help us find a way of possibly healing that divide. 
And that's why it's important to look at it in terms of the climate change crisis. We really do need to learn how to talk to one another in a way that opens doors instead of closing them. So in the Horses for Future podcast, I've been looking at his work. And I would say no matter whether your interest is primarily on horse training or if it's on climate change or some other issue where you're struggling to understand someone else's perspective, you may find the podcast of interest. You can find it at sequestercarbon.com or on the Facebook group Horses for Future. So lots to explore. Again, the websites are theclickercenter.com. You can also go to my blog to look up the Lakoff work, which is theclickercenterblog.com. There's theclickercentercourse.com. And then specifically for Horses for Future, there's sequestercarbon.com. Lots to explore, lots to think about. And after today's episode here, lots of data to collect. So have fun. 